Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar here at Online Darts. Myself, Jack Garwood, joined by the wonderful Mr. Dan Simpson. Dan, first of all, thank you very much for running last night's show alone on opening night. Obviously, a lot of us were quite busy elsewhere. We've got various members of the team here, there and everywhere, including myself and Cam that happened to be at T20 Finals Day. So we were suitably lubricated by the time the show rolled around. Probably safer <laughs> that we didn't go anywhere near a camera. How are we doing, buddy? Very well, mate. Yeah, very well. It's nice to have some company this evening. I've got to say a big shout out and thank you to everybody in the chat room who managed to drag me through the show last night. It's a tough one when you're on your own, but thankfully we've got some some really good folks in there that uh, make for some interesting conversations, interesting views, some completely bonkers predictions. Oddly enough, one or two came to fruition today. Um, I, I, I laughed and ridiculed at some people's predictions last night and and some have made a complete fool of me. Yeah, I mean, I'll flash the results up in a minute. We're going to talk through all eight games from today's action on a shocking Sunday, if you like, at the Betfred World Match Play. Eight games uh, are in the bag. Two seeds have gone already, I think is the count. It is two, uh, perhaps one or two up, more upsets in there as well when you look at the form table. Uh, let's just say hello to a few people in the chat room this evening. Tommy's in. How are we doing, mate? Uh, Jack says, good evening, some shocks today. True, uh, HJV, great dart in Sunday. Great sport in Sunday, by the way. Carlos Alcarez, the new men's Wimbledon champion, ending a run of 21 years, I think it is, without one of the big four being on the title. Um, and all sorts going on as well. Uh, Matthew says, evening, so does the Yankee Clipper. How are we doing, mate? Uh, Nell says something about MVG, probably not very polite. Uh, Anthony says, cheers, boys, here packing up the CBC event, listening to you lovely lot. Hope it went well, buddy. We'll uh, review uh, all of your action on the live lounge on Monday next week. Week on Monday, yeah. No live yeah, lounge tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Uh, Yang says, you did great last night, Dan. Couldn't agree more, pal. And Nell says, form means nothing, pretty much. Uh, that's true. Uh, spoiler alert, we're just going to flash the results up on screen and get talking through them as it is already 25 to midnight here in the UK. And it's a school night. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring you the results from... That is right. So someone has noticed in the chat room that I've had a shave today. That's because it's a school night and I'm back to work tomorrow. So <laughs> I've had to tidy myself up a little bit. I haven't because I, I got rid of my moustache ahead of refereeing on Friday and then just let it go for the last couple of days. So <laughs> I need to sort myself out in the morning. But... Uh, yeah, we will go from there. Nell says evening, guys. There we go. We'll, we'll put that one up on screen for you, mate. That's a bit politer than some of the other ones you said about Mr. Van Gerwen throughout the evening uh, because he is uh, the shock result of the evening. There it is in the middle, uh, the, the prime time slot of the evening session. Van Gerwen going down 10-7 to Brendan Dolan. Uh, James Wade, the other seeded player to miss out this year, uh, which adds to his abysmal record now. It's five years straight where he hasn't really done a lot at the Betfred World match play, considering his record before that was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Josh Rock beaten 10-5 by Damon Hetter. 
after an interesting walk on. We'll talk about that one shortly. Uh, but we will start with Danny Noppert's 10 8 victory over Martin Schindler, A result that it's closer than perhaps the match deserved. And even though Martin Schindler did end up taking this one deep, I still don't believe Danny was ever in any trouble. No, he wasn't. I don't. I don't think it. It was. I mean, you know, and I, and I, you'll probably hear me bang on a little bit about this tonight. But it's pretty. Much, it's exactly as I as I picked the match to go. Um, I I was fairly confident that that's the result we were getting. And if I'm if I'm really honest, it it, it sort of followed the pattern that I expected it to to go. I, I mean, Dan, Danny Nopper broke in that final game just before the before the break. Um, and then it, it looked to be getting a bit exciting because we, we came back from the break. Both players exchanged breaks of throw. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, we'd, we'd, we're in for something here. And then those those two breaks that, that Nopper took to go 4-3 up, held for 5-3, broke a game for 6-3. And, and at that point, and I, and I do think, you know, it, it's it's one of the key features of, of this format that's very different to when we, we look at, you know, sort of, the 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 set play format of the World Championships is, is once you get a player as steady and consistent as Danny Nopper, who who's two breaks of throw up, it's gonna take an awful lot for a player to catch that up because at that point, as long as you're holding your throw and you're keeping that consistent level, you will just gradually, gradually reach the finish line. Um, you know, it got a little bit tasty after the second break and, and, and Shinder looked like he might kick back in, but Danny Noppert just managed to keep him keep him at bay. And and he wasn't really, as, as you said, at any risk at any point, I don't think, the freeze. Are we seeing the birthing of a new James Wade? Because he's got that odd mid-range ton plus checkout to pick off and he is so solid on his own throw doesn't make many mistakes at all but he doesn't do he doesn't blow you away he doesn't take you off the dartboard completely he just seems to do enough at the moment obviously a major finalist before major champion before sorry um we need a new verb then don't we if we can't he can't be wading what would he would he be knopping <laughs> freezing is that freezing? Yeah, not I quite I prefer nopping to freezing. I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think we could we could nop it could be nopping, I think. Yeah, we could definitely have that. Yeah, superb result from Danny Nopper, a 10-8 victory over Martin Schiller. We're not going to spend too long on most of the games tonight. We're going to talk about a couple of the key ones perhaps in a little bit more depth. What we are going to do is play you clips from the players' post-match interview where we have them available for you, starting with the freeze, Danny Nopper. And uh, yeah, only the finishing uh, saved me the big finishes on on the right moment. In a in a start of the year, uh, I was not myself. I think uh, sometimes uh, yeah, I'm uh, disappointed about my game. But uh, yeah, I'm on the way back. Uh, last few weeks, uh, I played better and uh, yeah, like the hundred mark I uh, reached. And uh, I feel more confident the uh, last few weeks, so uh, that's why, uh, yeah, yeah give me more power uh, this uh, this uh, game. If you're going to find form after having a few <laughs> a bad couple of months, if you're going to have a bad couple of months, do it at the start of the year, basically. The UK yeah. opens there. If you're not in the Premier League, it doesn't matter. You've got your floor form to find out on the Euro Tour. 
this is where the big trophies are on offer. The big pots, as our friend Jarrah Heaton would say when he talks about the golf. So we'll use the same here talking about the darts. Uh, next up, uh, Danny's compatriot and back-to-back -back years World Cup teammate, by the way, uh, Dirk van Dijvenboda got himself locked into an absolute scrap with the man with possibly the worst record we have ever seen at the Betfred World Match Play. Kim Irex has won just once in 10 years of appearances here. Uh, looked like perhaps he was going to add to that. Dirk van Dijvenboda seemingly not himself for large parts of this game. Double trouble all over the board at one point. However, uh, Dirk van Dijvenboda, in the first game that's gone to extra time, actually, I uh, remember two clear legs uh, from... 10-8 basically until 12 apiece, uh, getting over the line in that extra time, Dan. Um, not the best performance from the Obergenius or the Titan, whichever one you want to refer to him as. But now that he's into the tournament and, and got a game under his belt, he's a threat again, isn't he? Yeah, and that's, you know, as as long as he's there, um, that, well, obviously, because he's not, if he's, if he's sat at home in, in the, on the farm, then he's not a threat, is he? But yeah, he's, he, you know, he's, he's there, he's in the tournament. It, it, he's, he's overcome a, a potential banana skin. You know, I think, I think watching this game, I've probably changed my mind three, four times, you know, live on, on who I thought was going to win. Um, and, and, and I, you know, there was three or four times where I was very confident that the hybrids was going to get the job done. Uh, and he just just couldn't quite find that. It, towards that back end of the game, Hybrid seemed to be able to to, to hold his throw very well, and he, and he was very steady on 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 the holds. Couldn't quite break that throw. Van Dijvenbode was doing just enough towards the end to 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 edge him out, and then you know at, at ten all that 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 really swung swung everything that that. Uh, that break of throw from from DVD um, just had to come and, and and serve it out and and got it done in the end. I mean, when Kim puts a dart in the treble, he was exceptional. He hit eighteen one forties today in this match, yeah. twenty two tons, three maximums himself. Um, but it's do we think there was a bit of scar tissue from what's been there before, especially when that gets a little bit tense? I, I'm honestly not so sure. I, I'm I'm honestly not so sure. I think. If you look at the form both players have been in, and I don't mean in, in you know in recent weeks, I'm sort of you know over the last eighteen to twenty four months, you know over the last couple of years, we probably play, saw Kim playing towards the top end of what he's shown in the last couple of years um, on stage in a, in a, you know on the telly, and Dirk probably middling, you know as to, as to what we've seen from him and i think that was pretty much the story of the game in that it was just how much kim could sustain that i don't want to say overachieve because he because he it's not and he's got it, he's a, he's an amazing player but he he was playing sort of above and beyond the form we've seen the last 18 to 24 months and dirk was was very much middling what what we would expect from him and and it was just how much kim could have sustained that i think was the real story that, that certainly the back end of the game yeah, indeed, Dirk van Dijvenbeder into the second round of the Betfred World Match Play. And this is what he had to say in his post-match press conference. Well, not quite bad, but um, I always throw my darts the same. They always like, if, if, if this is the middle, they always go a bit like this. So if they like this, I know there's drop. I mean, I throw a lot of darts every week. I know how my darts go in the board. So if instead of this, they go like this, I said, well, I don't think it's me. Uh, and um, 
yeah, sometimes you just need to take the circumstances. Um, give me 50 degrees, give me minus 20 degrees, I don't mind, but draft is something that affects my game. It, it uh, affects my game. I don't mind. I like everyone that loses against me. I'm not particularly picking out one. I like everyone I beat. Does that not bring back more emotion in you, though, if you're playing someone like Well, if, if I play like this, I don't. It doesn't. If, if I play very well and someone gives it large, it motivates you a lot. But today, I didn't play well, so he gives it large, and I'm like, yeah, you, you're close because I don't play well. <laughs> just, just shrugging off the nature of Kim Ibrex being that little bit more outgoing, shall we say, with his emotions. <laughs> Uh, quick reminder to everyone watching as well or listening back that full interviews are available with every single winner from the Back for World Match Play on our YouTube channel. Head over there once you finish watching us tonight or listening back, whatever you're doing right now, uh, to watch those press conferences in full. Phil Bars on the ground all week in match in Blackpool, uh, getting us all of the reactions. Uh, up next is Damon Hetter's 10-5 victory over Josh Rock. Uh, Dan... We're going to have to start. There's, there's a few talking points from this one. Firstly, the, the pre-match conversations around Josh Rock basically being in the same position that Damon Hetter was in last year. He was the favourite, despite the fact he wasn't the seeded player. Hetter found himself in the same position against Joe Cullen last year. Damon seemed acutely aware of that and made reference to that a number of times. And it seemed to be a, a, a thing that riled him up a little bit. But we're going to, talking of riling up, Let's mention that walk-on to start, shall we? Damon Hetter, you are a brave man. Well, we did have, I think, you know, I, I, as as you know, I had a little bit of insight on on, on that one. Uh, and, I, and I sort of knew it was coming. I, I think um obviously the 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 current two one ashes, that could have been carnage if we hadn't got over the line in that last test. <laughs> if we had, if it was all if it was three nil to the Australians, that could have been absolute carnage in Blackpool. Um, it's only because I think we haven't got a sour taste just yet about the cricket that he managed to get away with it. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, like Damon said, and he, and he said publicly and and behind closed doors as well. You know, the way that he feels these walk-ons are affecting him personally in in a positive way. In that they are, and and like we, you know, you referred to there is that. He was coming into a relatively unusual situation today, in that he wasn't the favourite. He was he, he was the seed, but not the favourite. Um, you know, Josh Rock's tournament odds were bonkers compared to everyone else. You know, he his tournament odds were far shorter than fifty to sixty percent of the seeded players. So it was an unusual one, and 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 if Damon's managed to use that in order to take himself out and away from all of those thoughts and things and, and, and focused on that. And, and that's what's got it done. Then then nobody could say it hasn't worked. You know, whether, whether it's about the crowd, whether it's about putting on a show, regardless of what it's for, it's worked. And he got the job done. He did 100% get the job done. Superb result for him. Whether or not he, he tries a, a walk-on of similar ilk in the next round, which will be... Slap bang in the middle of the men's fourth test of the Ashes will be a completely different discussion. Obviously, the women's Ashes result came in earlier today. Um, 
I like the fact that he's trying something different. I like the fact that actually when he goes on a Euro tour, they're all specifically relevant to the locals. I like the fact that he just said, look, I hope everyone takes it as a bit of banter, as, as that's what it is. I'm not sure everybody in the crowd did do that. They were still booing him right at the end. There was a jest of same old Aussies always cheating. I don't want to upset too many people, but that run out was still scandalous in the second test. Um, <laughs> but Yeah, it's a shit. If, we, if we'd have lost, we could have had another we saw you cry on the telly, couldn't we? We could have had... <laughs> Let's talk Josh Rock then. As you said, his tournament odds were ridiculously low. Now, I will take for granted, not take for granted, I will take into account the fact that Josh is the World Youth Champion in impressive fashion last year and that he's taken to PDC life very, very well. I will also take into account, I have another thought in my head there, and it's absolutely gone, the fact that people like Rob Cross have upset the odds in the last few years and come out of nowhere. And I think a lot of the Josh Rock odds is people thinking, well, if Rob Cross has done it or... We'll oh, see more fairy tales, fairy tales in darts than anywhere else. And yeah, I think I a think lot of people lumped on that for the World Championship. And since then, bookmakers are absolutely terrified yeah. that if they go way too big... Everybody will see it as great value as an outside shot and it will move the market too much because then they'll just start lumping back on him again. Hopefully. It's not only that, is it's once you once you price him at a certain point, um, you then do some interesting things with each way odds. Yeah. Uh, because you, you make him then a very attractive each way prospect, even if he doesn't win. Because once you start to quarter those odds, you, you can still end up with a, you know, he doesn't even have to win the tournament, if depending on the way people are, are going to back him. Yeah, I just think he's he's frightened the bookies. A hundred percent, I think that's what it is. But in turn, I think that might be placing that little bit too much pressure on Josh. Now he is going into the tournament seeing that he's listed as fifth or sixth favourite outright for a player that is yet to be in a major final. And I think that's a lot to carry for somebody who, look, has bags of confidence, bags of belief in himself and bags of ability. But I don't think he's the finished article yet. No, and I think I, I, I had him in this match. I had him in this match right up until missing that big 16 for the setup. And until that point, I thought even behind, I thought you know he 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 could still you know really really push this, um, and it, and it, and he could go on. But once that big sixteen was missed, Het had capitalised, and from that, I think it was just an uphill battle for for Josh Rock. And as I say, it, these these match play games, the format can slip away from you so quickly, and then Het took those two more. Um, breaks are through after that, and I, I know I keep referring to breaks, through, but that that is they are the key things that happen in these match play matches in this format is those breaks are through, and they become so important and they're so difficult to get back. And and it just, I think I just think the game got away from from Josh Rock. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we do have uh, a Damon had to clip in some form, but I have to work out how to make it smaller so it fits in the back of this software. So oh no, what I can do. Right. 
Dan is going to carry on telling everybody about James Wade Christobi because I think I might cry and he's won the war, basically. The Northeast has been successful. Well, that, that was, I, I've tried to pick a, a different um, attire for every night this week. Last night I wore my, um, I, I represented in my Betfred uh, match play t-shirt. This evening, in honour of the great Christobi, I've gone full Newcastle Brown Ale edition classic. 96, 97 Newcastle shirt because, I, and it was, I think that was exactly the score I predicted. Chris Dobie, a 10 8 victory over James Wade. And it went exactly as I thought it would. I, I don't think, I think the scoring was really good. I think like Dobie did come out, come out early and came out flying. Um, I had to watch half this game. I won't tell you how. Um, Billy's been away all weekend on Cub Camp and I had to pick him up halfway through this game. So I flipped between TalkSport and then watching Sky Sports on my phone while I was waiting for the minibus getting back. And so it, it was it was the, the only game of the day that I was desperate to see every single leg of and ended up a bit a bit of carnage while I was trying to see it. But yeah, I I I've seen quite a bit of um you know talk about it being about it being you know could have gone either way, toss of a coin, edging him out. I, I'm not so convinced. I, I again I wasn't I, I'm a big Chris Dobie fan, as everybody knows. I wasn't worried really at at any point. Um, you know, he, Chris was off to an absolute flying lead. You know, at six two, and again, like I think there was lots of people at six two that were thinking, "Is this a repeat of last year?" You know, and and that game against Rob Cross that that was horrifying to to, to watch, but. I just think Chris Dobie this year is a very different Chris Dobie from, from last year. Um, a very, very, probably the, the most interesting and talked about year of his career. Um, he's he's done an awful lot with his game. He's won things. He's had the Premier League. I just think he's a different player. And he did show today that once James Wade started to wade or to nop, if, uh, if we're going to transfer into that terminology, um, you know, he, he just managed to uh, to hold his nerve where, where he maybe wouldn't previously. And uh, there was maybe a bit of panic at 8-9 um, when when Wade broke back. And, and, you know, he could have held and pushed that. But again, Dolby just managed to find, you know, 180s, 140s at exactly the right times in the, in the game. Um, I, was, I was really impressed uh, with, with Chris Dolby today. It was just all about getting through today, I think. Um, and then you know, it all opens up from here. I, I completely agree, to be honest. I thought the one thing I will say is there was a couple of moments. I think Wade had back to back darts to break the Chris Doby throw, where he would have been then throwing to go level, which I thought would have been absolutely massive. And both times he missed, I think there was an 80 where he missed a dart of tops, and then the following Doby throw, he missed another dart of double to break it. And you're like, that is, the, I think it was the double six that they were the opportunities for James Wade to get back into that match. He'd done the hard work to get into that break at 6-4 by winning three straight. But at that point, like we said, Dobie just kept him at arm's length. The 1-4-1 the one, uh, one, one from him was absolutely lovely, sorry. 10 from 33, solid enough on the outer ring. 8 180s from him. That is just a, a weapon of his. Um, and he scored pretty brightly. 96 average. That will do nicely for Dobie. Um couple of questions. Tommy says, God, are you concerned about Wade in TV tournaments now? Look, before the fact that he's turned up for the last five or six weeks, I was concerned about James Wade full stop. Um, <laughs> he's, he's suddenly turned it on. 
he's played okay in 97 average, 36% on the doubles, banged in four 180s, not very James Wade-like, took out a one two one, very James Wade-like, uh, hit 19 140s, like the scoring power is there. He's just beat, been beaten by a slow start is basically what's happened there. Um, I'll be looking at him quite promisingly for the ITV tournaments for the back end of the year. He seems to favour those over the Sky tournaments, I guess. Um, the, the the key thing, though, and, and Nell says it here, is Wade's double top went missing, which when he's only got one die, yeah, that's an issue. When he's got three in hand at it, it's not an issue. That's why he's so good at double turners, because his tops is low a lot. Um, but that's just the way it goes. Right, uh, I'm going to play you Chris Doby, and then hopefully we're going to be able to bring you Damon Hatter's clip as well. So here is Doby in his post-match press conference. Definitely. Um, obviously, winning my first major gives that uh, kick up the backside I needed to, to go on to to get another one and show that it wasn't just a, a one-hit wonder, you know, and yeah, to, to get that win, to get the Premier League experience, playing with those guys, I've learned a lot from that and yeah, hopefully that's going to kick us on from the, um, for the rest of the year. I do I do think, a bit like he said there, that it's a, um, it is a different Chris Dobby this year. Um, you know, certainly post-Premier League. First time we see him, you know, big major after that Premier League experience and run. And I just think he's a different animal altogether. Yeah, indeed. Right, let's see if we can hear it from Damon Hatter. <clears throat> we can see him, but we can't hear him. Apparently, you can't hear that. I can, which is quite bizarre as to why that's not coming through to you. So I'm going to try and find another way to show you that. Uh, rather more annoyingly is some reason Dan has just managed to drop out as well, who is responsible for showing the results live. So I'm going to carry on talking about the first game of the afternoon session, uh, evening session, sorry, uh, which was Nathan Asnall against Krzysztof Ratajski, uh, the Polish eagle uh, in great form after uh, hit playing in front of a Polish crowd uh, for the first time. Hello, Dan. Welcome back. Sorry. Internet issues. The joys of living in a small village in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Nathan Asmore against Christoph Ratajski while I find another solution uh, to the video situation. Um, 
solid performance from Nathan Aspen, I thought. Slight change of dark barrel. I think we saw that for the first time in Poland. I reliably informed the grip at the front changed a little bit. Um, but it's good to see him in such a positive frame of mind. <coughs> yeah, um, he seems to be he seems to be in a really good place. And certainly from you know, I, I thought this. You know, it could have gone. It could have been a really, really tight game. This couldn't it? Um, it could have. It could have right gone down to the wire. But just very cool, calm. Dublin was superb. Um, Dublin was absolutely tremendous. So, and that was the key in the end. Um, you know, I think the Dublin, off the top of my head, Aspinall was close, a shave under fifty percent, and Ratajski was. A shave under twenty five percent or twenty five percent, and that was that was the key difference. The scoring there wasn't a mile apart on the scoring. Um, Aspinall just held his nerve, and and that's really important, really key. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I, I thought Ratajski chucked quite a lot at him, to be honest. Ninety six average from him, a seven from twenty eight on the outer ring seemed to be the issue. Um, because actually, probably done enough. He's created enough chance in this game to go on and win it. Oh yeah, the scoring was fine. Like from Ratajski, as I say, I do think I think Aspinall won the game on the outer ring. Um, you know, if if you're if you're going to score, well, you know, let's be honest, if you're going to score the same as your opponent, but you're going to do fifty percent on your doubles, you'll win the match. <laughs> certainly in this format, anyway. Um, without you know, certainly in a format with um, without you know, without leg play, we're just going straight run for it. You are going to do pretty well. Yeah, you are in. Indeed, spoke pretty positively in uh, on his stage interview. Um, Nathan Aspinall seems to just be in a good place right now, which is a long way different from perhaps some of the moments we saw from him in the Premier League. Yes, definitely. Yeah, seems to be on the up. He does. Let's hear then from the Asp and see what he had to say in his post-match press conference. Obviously, we made all we came through, but... I know what it's like when I walk out in Blackpool. They absolutely love me and I love them. It was a fantastic atmosphere. I didn't want to get caught up in the walk-on, but I couldn't help it. You know, I thought I was in the local on karaoke and uh, people, yeah, people were joining with me. So I really enjoyed it. End of day, it's, you know, they, they pay our wage and, um, you know, I, I want to go up there and win. But most importantly, I want to entertain the fans. And um, I think they've had a great first game there tonight. Uh, they got involved. They loved it. The atmosphere is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I played well. And uh, I came through a very, very tough game. Right up there with one of the best walk-ons we're going to see in the Winter Gardens this week. The crowd absolutely loving Mr Brightside. How on earth that song is still going is beyond me. But it just has this effect on the British public. And it got them going. Right. Third time lucky for that Damon Hetter interview. Let's see if we can get you that. My wife, I couldn't cope with it last time. It destroyed me. <laughs> it was the way I tried to do it. Let's try it this way instead. Well, I could expect that. I just really uh, appreciate that the crowd could respect that it was all banter and ingest. And, you know, I don't think I'll get that all the time. And uh, they didn't carry on. Yeah, at moments, yes, but not all the time. So, you know what? Fair play to the crowd. I just I knew it was coming and, and, and I just played on it. I, I get booed a lot because, obviously, even at the Worlds, when uh, someone says, oh, from Australia... It's going to happen. So I, I 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I get it, I, I, and I can deal with it. As long as there's no, there's no racial, there's no uh, direct derogatory stuff at me, I, I get that. Like, I can deal with it. So, and, and I think most players can. So, uh, no. I'm just stoked with the win. 12 months is a long time in darts. Joe Cullen sat there last year and felt disrespected because he was the seed and was written off. Did you feel the same going into this one, being the seeded player and everyone fancying Josh? Yeah, you get that. And uh, and I can expect where, uh, yeah, Joe came from and uh, I can respect that. And uh, and I think that just gives you extra motivation. There's so much pressure on his shoulders, on Josh's shoulders to perform the way, probably the things that he can do. He's done some amazing things, don't get me wrong. But um, the things that I've done, and, and Joe probably felt the same uh, the whole year. I might not have been playing great. Man, I've won two pro tours. I'm doing well on the Euro tour. And then, and I'm not even favourite. And he's just won, I don't know what he's won this year. Like, he's not done what he's done before. And and all that keeps coming down. Like, just, it just, it's just uh, fuel for the fire, you could say. And, uh, and, I, and I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just taking the wave and I'm just going to ride it. Just taking the wave, I'm going to ride it. I'm glad, we, I'm that glad we labelled with that. I thought there's some genuinely interesting views that he's got, hasn't he? Yeah, like, first of all, like, just talking about the crowd, generally, I thought that's similar to what we spent. Then for him to be so defensive about the fact that he was underdog in this game, he got a little deeper there than, than perhaps you would expect from a lot of players. Just went, yeah... That annoyed me a little bit, but I got on with it. No, he went in. Well, I, no, I, 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 no, I, and that's what I, that surprised me a little bit was the the sort of unpicking of the justification of that. You know, that there's a line in there where he said, "Oh, what's he done this year?" And I thought, "Oh God!" Like, like I just, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you know, there's lot, every, lots of players need different things to motivate them. And I don't mean in general, like you know, winning money and you know, fame and, and, and whatnot. I just mean, like, generally to get through the next 24 hours, win the next game of darts. And and what he seems to be able to do at the minute is to, to latch on and find something that motivates himself for that game and for that next for that next win. Um, and if he can continue doing that, grabbing something and latching onto it, then I think he's, you know, he could, he could do, he could do really well, couldn't he? And, and we'll come to his next game. Well, you know, we'll come to his next game later in, you know, later. But yeah. he, he could have had an absolute stroke tonight, that lad. Indeed. Um, next up, Luke Humphreys against Jose de Salza. Possibly, not possibly, this was the performance of night. Luke Humphreys was absolutely magnificent. Run away from start to finish against a Jose that actually started pretty brightly. Chucked four 180s at Luke Humphreys, but Humphreys just had a response for every single thing Jose de Salza did tonight. 10 from 23 on the outer ring. One ton plus from him in a 114 checkout. Um, I'm quite happy about predicting Luke to win the tournament after seeing that performance because that was very, very good from Coolhand. Yeah, he looked every bit the new world number five. Yeah. Um could 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 end up the world number four at the end of this tournament, perhaps, but he looked every bit 
the top five player in the world, didn't he? Um, just and I don't just mean what he was throwing at the board. I mean just in general the way that he, you know, the way that he carried himself, the way he was on the stage, the way he put those legs to bed. Um, he never looked at any point like he would have a wobble. It just looked really, really smooth. Um, an incredibly dangerous player um, in this tournament, and I think his his next game is is a fascinating one. Um, because obviously, like Dirk van Dijvenbode looks a bit the opposite of that. Like he does have a flap in him, and he yeah. does have a lot of emotion. And and I think it's such a contrast in personas and personalities on the stage that it's making for an absolutely fascinating second round game. That one, um, because we know it could be an absolutely monster scoring fest, monster score. Um, but it also could be completely loopy as well at the same time. It's a, I'm really excited about that one. I think of all the, the players that have the ability to break through and be the next major winner, those that have been around there, Luke Humphreys, Bert van Dijvenboda, they are two of the more volatile players in that situation mentally. I think they are more likely to suffer just implosion than anybody else. And that makes it intriguing because if they both go at it, it can make for a great game. They can both hold their nerve. It makes for a great game. But if they both implode, knowing what they're capable of and don't deliver, it can also make for a fascinating watch. Well, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I didn't know whether you were going to go where you were going to go with just to describe. But yeah, fascinating watch is the key. Highly entertaining game. I was, you know, it might not be the greatest starts we've ever seen, but it will be very entertaining to watch. Yeah, it will. Right, let's hear it from Luke Humphreys and see if he mentions the Premier League in his post-match press conference. Yeah, you know, that was one of the performances where Michael was just playing like Michael does, you know. Sometimes, oh, I, I, I think when Michael plays his best, no one can touch him. That's just the way it is, you know. I understand that myself. I play my best, he plays his best. Michael will still win because he's got a level that no one can touch. But, you know, he produced the goods there and, and played amazing. Like you said, I didn't play bad myself, so... I walked away from that performance not too disappointed because, you know, I did what I could do and um, Michael was just clinically better. But you, you always take, um, you know, a good, good bit of confidence out of playing decent in a, in a game. No, no Premier League. He says Michael Van Gerwen is untouchable. I don't, yeah, that was what a strange interview. <laughs> a very bizarre, unusual, like... I, I believe he was asked about Poland the week before and how close he ran Michael, despite the fact that he didn't quite get over the line. It is ah, it's where the context of that is. He played really well last week, but he ran into Michael. Yeah, I still think he's the best in the world. As yeah, well, what, what, what the next to... game is on. Is I, I, I was sort of fairly convinced that at exactly the time that interview was happening, Michael Van Gerwen was 4-1 down in the first what? break. He absolutely was. <laughs> I, I thought he might have just been taking the mic. <laughs> I, I don't think so, because actually the, the points Luke made is that when Van Gerwen turns it on, he is still the best in the world. He, he's, he's right up there. His A game is arguably untouchable. We've seen that from him, even when he goes toe-to-toe with Gerwin Price. We saw that in the match play final last year. We've seen that in, in multiple occasions in major finals over the last few years. However... That wasn't his A game tonight. And, yeah. it, and it cost him because Brendan Dolan has, has taken out the defending champion in round one for only the third time in Betfred World Match Play history. Michael Van Gerwen is out. He loses 10-7 to the history maker who just kept plodding along, Dan. 
No, he did, and and you know what? Like, and I and I keep talking about the like, the, and it's the reason I love this format, and it, and I do think it's it's the the way this format can throw up some interesting results, is like in that in that first session. Brendan Dolan found one break of throw, but then so so managed to go into the break four one up. And and like psychologically for both players, four one at the first break is massive, even for Michael Van Gerwen. And and he'd only broke throw once, one break of throw, and he's four one up. And and he just seemed to just you know, as you say keep plodding along. At five all, you sort of thought, <clears throat> oh, you know, like will we see? Is this the point? MVG starts to kick in, but no. Brendan Dolan comes out. Pulls his throat, bang, six, five up. Come on, Michael, keep going, keep going. And then and then two or three legs in, finds that break again and just managed to, to kick on. He I, I I think it was much more of a case of Michael Van Gerwen not being able to find his B game even today. Um but you know, to use the sort of the old football adage, you can only beat what's in front of you. And that's exactly what Brendan Dolan did. Brendan Dolan played better darts in every respect than than Michael Van Gerwen. He 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 played far better, and he did to 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 coin the man's own phrase. He did the right things at the right time, and and I, you couldn't in any way pick a point with it. Michael Van Gerwen didn't quite turn up with his B game. Brendan Dolan turned up and and plodded his way through. To what is a, a genuinely remarkable victory, and does you know we you talk about these, these seeds going? We we know what the bracket is. We can pick our way through. We can fantasy book our brackets all the way through to the final. But a lot of people would have put a lot of money on a second round match between Michael Van Gerwen and Josh Rock, and an awful lot of people were picking that. Now we've now got a second round game between Damon Hetter and Brendan Dolan, and one of those players is guaranteed to be in the quarterfinal. Either Damon Hetter or Brendan Dolan is guaranteed to be in the World Match Play quarterfinal. So therefore, if we've got an absolute, like completely from the blue run from Brendan Dolan, who's going to knock off two seeds to get to a quarterfinal, or is everybody going to put to one side the conversation about Damon Hetter on the telly because he makes a major TV quarterfinal? Really, minimum. really interesting. Minimum before he gets a crack at Humphreys or Van Dijvenboda as well. This is, yeah, really interesting. Really, really interesting. interesting drawn out. Indeed. Um, I think that's it. We don't even need to talk stats in this one. It, it was just fantastic from Brendan Dolan. A pair of 62 checkouts, the keys for Brendan Dolan before wrapping up the match on double three. But even then, you, there were still those moments where you thought, this is Van Gogh and it's inevitable to pressure might just get to Brendan Dolan, but that did not happen. Right, I'm going to try and show you his uh, post-match press conference, so it should be appearing on the screen in a second. Uh, Matt, like, it's only coming right now, the second end, and I'm still in the tournament, and yeah, I'm buzzing, uh, because I probably, I've got one of the worst throws, uh, probably people, like, I know everybody that, is close to me and that there. Wish me the best out there, but in the heart and hearts, they probably were <laughs> wondering uh, it, it's not going to happen. But 
I, I knew I could win, like I beat Michael before and that, but uh, I knew it was going to be tough the way he played last weekend in Poland. So uh, uh, I played solid, I didn't play spectacular, but I'd done enough at the right time to beat Michael and that's about it. No, uh, I came here knowing what to expect. You know, uh, possibly if Michael was in and out, uh, not so good, and got bit first, second round, I'd have been thinking, is it the, you know, the layoff, the injury? Maybe he's not at his best. And probably I had more. Right, I'm going to jump on him. I'm going to do this or whatever. But no, I came in right. This is going to be tough. This is going to be hard. I have to go, and I have to go for more goal. Like. Uh, I felt like, you know, when I won the ball up, uh, it was like that was more pressure on me, that I cannot, I'm a slow starter, and I says I cannot come out of the block slow. So it was a bit of pressure, but it was nice to know that uh, what you're up against, you know a man's going to be good. Slow, a slow starter, he says, 4-1 four up, four, four <laughs> up at the first break against Michael Van Gerwen. Yeah, yeah. Just put him under pressure from day dot, didn't it? And when he does have the injury concerns that Michael does, you start putting doubts in his head at the minute. He's not the same robot that he was in 2017 is, is the way to look at it. Uh, Nels is off. He says, right, lads, enjoy tomorrow's action. Catch you later. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, Preston's in as well, by the way. He says, evening, lads. Sorry I'm late. Uh, Elsa seems to be joining his new darts. I think that might be Aspinall. either Aspinall or Michael Smith we're going to talk about in a moment. Uh, Teresa Smith and Bill win MVGB best day of darts. Less of that Newcastle shirt. Um, Will you see what I've got planned for later in the week? I'm not on after Wednesday. You do what you want. <laughs> hey, you, you've, seen, you've seen my shirt for when I go to Blackpool to watch Gando. Bold. Very bold. It's a classic. The man himself would have uh, approved. Well, he will approve. You hope so. Uh, on to the final game of the night then. Uh, we appreciate it's getting on a bit and we do need to look ahead to tomorrow's session. Uh, Michael Smith, a comprehensive victory over Steve Beaton despite being way below the level that we know Michael Smith is capable of. Finishing with an 88.96 average in the end, but a 10-2 victory over Steve Beaton. LeBron Adonis, everyone talks about him having a silky smooth action I'm not convinced by the release. And actually tonight, it looked far less than silky smooth, I'm afraid. Yeah, he, he looked... Um, I'm, I, I, like me, like anyone who's ever watched a game of darts, loves Steve Beaton. Like, the guy's a, an, an absolute legend and he's a, and he's a fantastic bloke, but he he was a, a shadow of his former self, I think, on that stage this evening. Um, you know, for many, many years, a fixture of the Winter Gardens, but... You know he he'll be he'll be devastated with you know with an eighty average um, you know and I and I appreciate this was the world number one against the lowest ranked player in in the tournament but he's qualified for a tournament it's a big tournament and Steve will have expected you know whilst he let's let's be honest he probably didn't expect to turn over the world number one but he will have expected to play considerably better than he did. Um, certainly hold his own darts a little bit more and, and put up a bit more of a fight. Um, in the end, yeah, it wasn't much to talk about. I do think Michael Smith is going to have to lift his level, without like without a doubt. That you know that was far from the best of Michael Smith, and and, and I know that sometimes you 
you can be drawn in to 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 a game with your opponent when your opponent isn't finding it and you are still winning. You know, there's a lot of things that make Michael Smith excellent and, and focus him in, in, in big games. And and they probably weren't there for him tonight because he could have just, you know, he could have he could have just sort of flung them loosely towards the wall and he'd have probably still got through this game. Um but he's gonna have to up his level. Indeed, Tommy says no surprises. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised beating us for qualifying for these tournaments. Look, he's constantly in the conversation for risk of losing his tour card, and then he goes and does has a pretty decent run on a player's championship, puts himself uh, into these sort of tournaments, qualifying for the match play. Twenty second appearance today. Um, let's not forget though, the man is fifty nine. Well, this is did you see that going around on social media earlier? What was that? Brad Pitt and Steve Beaton are the same age. Well, I know which one I'd worry more about Mrs. Simpson with. <laughs> and his name's not Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh, Luke says age getting Steve Beaton. Sadly, it's time for him to be age, Luke. The silver Adonis looking the good. Top, the top, the... may be his last one. Look, I think Steve's going to keep plodding along until he can't anymore. He seems to still enjoy it. He's getting a benefit out of being up there. That performances like today will be a little bit. Yeah, I think there needs to be some perspective, but... though. When we, when I think there needs to be a little bit of perspective in terms of talking about like retirement and and coming to the end of of a career. Mm-hmm. In that, like, there's 32 players qualify for this game. Like, that's it. There's all there's there's an awful lot of tour card holders that that have not not only have not qualified, but haven't got close to qualifying. Yeah, and Steve Beaton did. Like he got into that thirty-two, so because he hasn't beaten the world number one, to go ah oh, yeah, probably time to retire. I think is probably a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit much. He needs a bit more respect than that. Completely agree. Uh, right, let's hear them from the bully ball before we look ahead to tomorrow night action. Yeah, I've come off that stage feeling like I've been beat. Like I just I had all the energy in the world. I had the most belief in the world, but. Just want to win, and the more I was trying. I don't think there was one like that. I must have won it in about 30 or that. So it was 28, 45s, 46. What the hell's going on? I just went out the first like 40, and then the next leg was absolutely diabolical. But it happens, I guess. I've just got to learn to deal with it. I've got to go over the fact that, yes, I can't play 110 averages all the time, 105s. I've got to win scuff here, like I just did them with like an 80, whatever average it was. It's one of them, but yeah, new lesson learned, I guess. World number one world champion. Still learning lessons about the sport, it would seem. A great point from Elsa. There's 22 match plays. Luke Littler is 16. There's some perspective. Yeah. Scary talent, Luke Littler, by the way. Another developmental victory. Yeah, Luke, and Luke, the Luke, Luke, Luke Littler, by the way, is not a measuring stick because he's a complete monster of that. Like, <laughs> you can't point at anybody else and go, ah, oh, yeah, but Luke Littler. Like, you know, it's, he, the, 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 the kid is an absolute monster. Yeah. 100%. Right then, let's look ahead to tomorrow night's fixtures in the Betfred World Match Play, starting from just after 7pm here in the UK. Uh, four more games to complete the first round of action at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool, starting uh, with the former world, with the former World Match Play champion, Dimitri Vandenberg, against Ross Smith. Remember, race to 10 or two clear legs up until 13-12. Chat room, get involved as well. We'll get all your score predictions up on screen as quickly as we can. Uh, We'll try and race through these so we can all get to bed nice and reasonable hour, considering Dan has a job 
Uh, well, I've picked Vandenberg to win the quarter, so I, I would be foolish to not pick him in this game. Um, I do think that Ross Smith pushes him. Uh, I don't think he pushes him quite into extra time. I'll go with a 10-7, Dimitri Vandenberg. Which is exactly what Luke has gone for. Jamie's gone for a Dimmy 11-9. Uh, Tommy's gone for Ross 10-7. Uh, this is one that eight weeks ago, I think I would have given a very, very different score prediction. I think Dimitri has found a little bit of form. I'm not saying he's still the same player that lifted the World Match Play title. Um, but I also think Ross Smith has gone backwards a little in the last few weeks. And therefore, I'm going to say Dimitri edges it just because he seems to turn it on in this venue. He's a champion, a finalist and a semi-finalist in the last three, I think. Or something ridiculous like that. Um, if, if you like a venue, you like a venue sometimes. And I think he may well be one of those types of players. So I'm going to say Dimitri wins this one. I'm going to say wins this one 10-6, actually. I think he's going to get out in front. Uh, Els has got Dimi going 12-10. Uh, and Preston's got Dimitri. But a close one, 10-8. At second match, Ryan Searle, heavy metal, takes on Raymond Van Barneveld back at the Winter Gardens in the Empress Ballroom. Where are you going with this one, Dan? Well, but on the basis of Gary Anderson's interview yesterday, where he said that Ryan's been dipping out of practice because he's been on holiday. Um, <laughs> he's left Gary high and dry, I think, for some practice sessions. Um, I am going to go, and there's a little bit of the romantic in me in this, but I am going Raymond Van Barneveld, 10-8, because I just think that Eye of the Tiger is going to play once more in Blackpool, and the crowd are going to go completely wild. And he's on, he's on for one more big ding dong in Blackpool. And I think, uh, yeah, I think Barney gets it. I know, and I and I want Barney to do it because Barney is one of the. I've never seen Barney play in the flesh. One of the few big players that I've never actually seen live in a venue and I'm not going to Blackpool until later in the week so that would tick that one off my little um, bucket list if he could still be hanging around in this tournament when I get to Blackpool that would be great I've seen Ryan Searle a bunch of times Interesting that one uh, we need to chip in with a Dimmy prediction say he wins 10-7 in the previous Correct. game by the way uh, Preston has got Rockin' Ryan over RVB 10-7 Tommy's got Searle 10 6. Jamie says Barney 10 5. Searle seems to have regressed practicing with Gary when he's actually turned up, as we found out. Els got Barney 10 8. Luke's got Barney 10 6. Uh, Els also says Searle is going to drop a dart and break his toe. <laughs> they are quite heavy. Um, do you know, Solid, I'm going Barney as well. I, I think he's going to average 95 96. That just seems to be his level. And under pressure, I do think the crowd support will be on his side. He's got the experience oh, on that stage. Uh, I think that gets him over the line. I'm going to say Barney wins this one 10-7 for me. Uh, we need to chip in with a Searle 10-8 prediction as well. Plenty running this one. Nice and close. Tommy says right wins 10-7. Oh, he's got early there, Tommy. Steady on. We are not even started talking about that one yet. Uh, Dan, Peter Wright against Andrew Gilden. Where are you going? <laughs> I think for the first time, potentially ever, we were going to lose 50% of the top six in the PDC order of merit in the first round. And I think that Goldfinger will 
come through and I oh, ten I'm going I know I keep saying a 10-7 again. It's gonna be a 10-7. I just think Peter Wright at the minute is he's, he's incredibly erratic. Peter Wright doesn't know if Peter Wright's gonna play well tomorrow. So how should I know? Like if I think that, that, that's like how, how should I know if Peter Wright's gonna play well tomorrow if Peter Wright doesn't? For Andrew Gildin will be incredibly steady and methodical. He'll turn up, he'll stroll, he'll slowly approach the hockey and he will throw darts exactly the same all night and it'll be incredibly steady and really consistent and that is what Peter Wright isn't at the minute is he's not steady and he isn't consistent and and I just think that Andrew Gilding is an absolute nightmare draw for Peter Wright I think if you look at all the unseeded players there's loads of them that Peter Wright could have ground something out with could have stepped up to and could have pushed pushed aside Andrew Gilding is not the like just persona and style match for Peter Wright and I think it's a gilding comfortable 10-7. Maybe, maybe more. I agree with you. I've, I've been calling this one as the upset of the first round for a long, long time. But I, I think it's by a wider margin, you know. I think this is 10-4, Andrew Gilding. <laughs> the problem with Pete Wright is he just hasn't played for such a long time, right? And when he hasn't played in competitive darts, he didn't play the Pro Tour, he didn't play in the last World Series... There's even more concerns about him not having the right equipment or whatever else coming into this match. What you then don't want with somebody who tinkers as much as Peter Wright does or thinks about the game in the same way and as long and hard as Peter Wright does is somebody that's going to give you plenty of time to think about what's going wrong in between visits. And that's exactly what Andrew Gilden is going to have. If Peter Wright was playing a, a fast-paced player here, yeah. I could see him grinding that result, exactly as you said, because he can dictate the pace. Andrew Gilden is not going to wobble no, when and, he approaches the hockey. He's going to walk up to it one way. He's going to shuffle across. He's going to annoy the hell out of you because he's chewing something for the entire time. And once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Yeah. And he's just going to plod along. And, and even and if he goes there and averages 92, 93, I still think it's going to be way more than a severely undercooked Pete Wright is going to be able to produce. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything that you've said, and I, and I think on top of that, like and you 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 put it into probably better words than I did in terms of the approach that Gilding has and how much time it'll have Peter Wright to tinker. But I also think there are players that Peter Wright plays where when he does stop and tinker and he clarts around and he changes darts, and he just it upsets their rhythm a little bit. And when he stops and he changes this and he changes that, it makes them start to think. And you know, is he? Oh, he's changed darts. Now he's took a leg off me. Now his boys be throwing these darts now. And, oh, and it makes Andrew Gilding will not will not be affected in any way by any of that. He will just remain in the Andrew Gilding bubble and continue to approach the darts, step to the left, just approach the hockey, step to the left, throw his dart, and, he, and it'll just it won't affect him in any way. And I, I just think it's a nightmare draw for Peter Wright. At the risk of going a bit Paul Nicholson here, you know the Simpsons scene where Homer Simpson just has the monkey banging the symbols in his mind? <laughs> that's my picture, Andrew Gilding's response to this. Like, that's, he's just got one thing on loop in his head and then he's going to throw three darts and then he's going to go back to thinking about that yeah. one thing over and over again. But I, honestly, I think it's, it is, it's without a doubt his best quality. Like, you and I, we sat in, in Ali Pali and watched him play yeah. and we were lucky enough to be fairly close and, and, you know, and watch his, his sort of process over and over again and no matter what went on in that venue no matter what was happening it was absolutely like so rhythmic like it's like a metronome like tick tick step slide move throw bang done like he's he's the wrong player for peter wright in my opinion 
100%. 100%. Uh, predictions from the chat room. Tommy says, uh, right, 10-7. L says, guild in 13-12. Game of the round. Luke's got guild in 11-9. We're going to extra time in that one as well. Uh, Preston says, golfing over snake by 10-6. Tobias asks, will Peter have new darts? Your Three different ones, I would expect. Your guess is as good as ours, mate. Uh, Jamie says, 12-10 either way. Right, maybe. Interesting. Uh, we need to still back in Peter Wright. She says, 10-8. And Preston is laughing, I believe at the Simpsons monkey bashing comment. Uh, final game of the first round, and it falls uh, on the ferret. Johnny Clayton against uh, the German number one, Gabriel Clement. Um, as good as Gabriel Clement has been over the last year or so, I do think he's found an extra level on TV, perhaps. I, I think he's less likely to go out with a whimper, but I still don't think he has enough in the locker to throw the ferret here. Completely agree. Extra time, 12-10, Johnny Clayton. I think Clemens makes a real game of it. I think he makes a proper game of it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think 12-10, uh, Johnny Clayton. Luke's being insane again. I'm going 10-7. I just think there are two qualities that win this match for Johnny Clayton. One is the sheer number of 140s he hits. And two is there is a conversation to be had about Johnny Clayton being the best double 16 hitter in the world. And if either of them qualities turn up, he's got enough in the locker to beat Gabriel Clemens, I believe. That's why I'm going 10-7 to the ferret. Uh, Luke says, first time we hear Guild announces UK Open champ. Yeah, it will be. Uh, Clemens 10-5. Clayton doesn't like the match play. Went on a pretty decent run here the last time Wales lifted the World Cup, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, L says 11-9. Clayton. Luke's gone 10-0. Clayton, that one's very bold. Uh, Preston says 10-7. Johnny. L says 1-2-1 on the ball to win it. With a finger point, don't forget the finger point to camera left. Uh, we love a bit of that from the ferret. And Luke says Clayton's going to make a statement. See an MVG and right go out early. I mean, I do think he is favourite for this part of the draw, and that's a semi-final from looking at it in the same half of the draw where MVG has already departed. Don't count your chickens too soon, but that is a very nice run ahead for Johnny Clayton. It would seem. Um, will Peter swap darts more than win legs? That is possibly the bet of the day. The over or under on hat swaps per leg. We'll go with that. Uh, Winita says Johnny 10-6. I think that's everyone that's been chipping in with predictions. So a massive thank you to all of you in the chat room for doing so. Just over an hour. It was almost inevitable, wasn't it? Having to review eight games and look ahead. It's the, long, it's the longest session, isn't it, of the, yeah. uh, of, this, of the tournament? And let's be honest, nobody does any work on a Monday morning if you're listening back to this anyway. So... You're welcome. We've just killed even more time <laughs> as you hit the office. Uh, a big thank you to everybody to watching, to Dan for joining me, for Phil for sorting out all the clips whilst he is up in Blackpool. Uh, to Betfred for sponsoring all of our coverage. Uh, if you are having a flutter over the Betfred World Match Play, head over to their website, set yourself up an account if you haven't done so already. But do remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, thank you very much to pretty much everybody. We'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, with another fallout bar. No live lounge because of the fact it is the Betfred World Match Play. We'll be back the following Monday for one of those. Uh, but until then, thank you very much for watching. We'll speak to you all very, very soon. Mm -hmm.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.